This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji, and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki, and I live in Paris. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm from New York. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Liki. Hi, I'm Olabanji. Hi, I'm Jen. This weekend is a cultural heritage weekend in France. That means that exceptional places that are part of the making of the French heritage, French culture, are open to the public or shown in a different way or from a different angle. And this could be castles or museums or factories or government buildings. But I have decided that for this time, for this year, because we've been talking a lot on carbon sessions about connecting with nature, to visit a place that are part of the natural cultural heritage in France, which is bogs. I'm going to visit a bog tomorrow. Wow. You know? And that's why I suggested this topic for tonight, which is wetlands, bogs, pitlands, swarms, because they are very, very important in climate change conversation in both in climate mitigation and also in adaptation. Yeah, because um, I guess that because you all have the carbon almanac, you know by now that uh, that wetlands play a very crucial role in climate change, mm. right? Yeah. I can say that we have a really big peat bog near us called Burns Bog, and it's the largest uh, raised peat bog and the largest undeveloped urban landmass on the west coast of the Americas. Wow. Um, once upon a time, it was almost 5,000 hectares. It was, I think, 4,900 hectares before it got developed. So what's left now is about 3,500 hectares or 8,600 acres. Mm -hmm. And it has uh, 300 plant and animal species mm -hmm. and 175 bird species. And a lot of those are endangered um, endangered species. Um, mm. and then it's also part of what's called the Pacific flyway, which is where the migratory birds stop. So it's a pretty cool place. We had wow. a, a huge fire of the bog. Uh, well, it's had a few fires, but the latest one was in 2016. And so that's a bit scary because peat will burn <laughs> for days. Wow. <laughs> But it's a beautiful place to to walk. Uh, and do you know what happened when pits are, are burned? Um, well, it it goes quite far into the air when peat goes on on fire, and then it puts out a lot of ash, and it grows quickly. It grew to about 190 acres. The fire. Wow. Um, but they managed to put it out, and uh, using you know air tankers and helicopters and stuff. But it's a beautiful place. It's a wetland. And um, it's got something called sphagnum moss 
in it, which um, holds 30 times its weight in water, which is kind of cool. So there's all sorts of information when you walk through Burns Bog about the animals and the birds and the the uh, the life that's there. So it's a cool place. Mm. Yes. Wow. This is great. And it's sad to see that the fires are causing a huge destruction on that end. I started looking at this. I found some really interesting facts, part of which is peatlands are the largest natural terrestrial carbon store. And so they store more carbon than any other thing that we can think about. Modern trees and modern whatever intervention there is. And they take just about a little bit of about 3% of the global land surface. And so for the size of peatland, they sure do a lot of work to store carbon. And then, you know, just like you said, Jen, like seeing even that go away is a huge cause for concern, I think. Yeah. The thing about the um, this particular place that mm. I've been to is it did recover, you know, the yeah. fire. Um, it's incredible how these things recover wow. after after things as drastic as a forest fire this this particular one was um was formed ten thousand years ago at the end of the ice age it's pretty neat <laughs> wow um yeah and uh it'll be around long after we are i think mm-hmm. it will <laughs> Actually, when I was researching for this conversation, I found out that wetlands covered, uh, I mean, a big part of, of Europe was covered with wetlands. I don't know about your, uh, about the America or, or Africa, but Europe, a big part of Europe was covered with wetlands. Um, I found some data that says that some regions covered like 20 or 30% of wetlands, like, you know, particularly uh, the Netherlands or the, the Po River in Italy or the Danube Delta in Romania has a lot of wetlands, but uh, has been destroyed mm. since. And that's sad because we really need wetlands. But sorry, was it destroyed by people developing or why? Why? Well, because pit, um, I don't know about pitland, but wetlands in general is very good for agriculture because it has very, very good soil because it, it does absorb a lot of carbon. So the soil, when you grow, when you, you transform the wetlands into agricultural land, it's very fertile type of soil. So there's this, there's also urbanization, because uh, you know, when you dry the pitland, you can build towns and buildings. And um, there's also pit extraction, because pit extraction can be used as fertilizers. So that's that's some of the reasons that right. the wetlands have diminished in Europe. Do you have bogs and and that where you are, Olabandi? Have you got? Um. Yeah. Um. But we have more swamps around here than. Um. Yeah. We would definitely have more swamps. What's the difference between swamps and bogs? I guess it's because different type of wetlands have different ecosystem because they are formed different ways and uh, different sort of, of water and uh, also plants and then creates different ecosystem. That's why I think they are different terminology. 
Yeah. What do we do to, and this is a, this is two sides. So one side is the, the effect. And the effect is, I think we've talked a bit about the cost, which would be drainage, um, agriculture, burning, mining for fuel, and all the activities that cost the bogs and the wetlands to go away. But 1.9 gigatons of carbon annually is drained from the peatlands, which is very alarming, considering the fact that that's that's probably like 5% give or take of global anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions, which would be the greenhouse gas emissions that come from human activity. And so it's like every year, 5% of that is lost, you know, and and that's the effect of all the activities that that are being done. So I guess, how do we restore? Are there like very effective methods that we can consider for restoring the peatlands and perhaps some solution to to this? Because if the peatlands are like we said about three percent of the entire landscape then we can't afford to let them go away. So yeah, I'm just thinking, are there things that we can do? I, I know prevention for sure is the best option, but in cases where we, we've lost the, the peatlands and the bogs and the rest of them, what can we do to get them back? Well, actually, I visited another bog this summer in Latvia. And I found out that there's a treaty, there's an international treaty that protects bitlands. And this treaty is called the Ramsar Convention, Ramsar, R-A-M-S-A-R Convention. And it is an international treaty and it Mm -hmm. promotes the conservation and sustainable use of wetlands globally. Actually, a lot of countries are signatories of this treaty. Um, there are 170 countries that have joined and, um, and it covers 2,400 wetlands. Then those are called Ramsar, Ramsar sites. The Ramsar site? Yeah. And that means that these sites have an international importance and are prioritized for conservation. And so that was, that was uh, when I was in Latvia, this place was um, part of a natural park. They promote first the awareness of it, that the importance of, of the bog, but also they also promote the, uh, the, the bird watching and um, they conserve some of, of the natural habitat of the, of the animals, of the small creatures. It's not very well known. Apparently you've been to bogs and swamps and all these kind of places, but you, you have certainly not heard of Ramsar Treaty. And actually it is a treaty that does exist. The bog I was talking about, Burns Bog, is listed under the uh, what's called Fraser River Delta Ramsar site, and is it's a wetland of international significance. So it it's part of what you're talking about, Leaky, and it's because of the um, the feeding and the roosting for all the migratory and wintering fowl, uh, waterfowl, and about a million shorebirds. So. Wow. Plus all the the endangered and vulnerable species. So it's it's part of the. Uh, I don't know if it's a treaty or what it uh, what it is the Ramsar Convention they call it on wetlands and bogs. I don't know what Ramsar stands for. Is anybody? 
Ramsar is a, is a city in... Oh, I see. It's named after the city of Ramsar in Iran, where the convention was signed in 1971. There you go. I'm learning something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I thought it was an acronym, but no, it's a, the name of a city in Iran. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> I thought it was an acronym. So what can we do? I think it goes back to development, generally speaking. So we have to find a way to move forward without destroying what exists and rather making it better. The reason being that a lot of what is responsible for climate change today is moving forward, so to say. And so we can't say humanity should pause or not move forward, but we need to find a way to move forward without destroying what exists or what is keeping us or what is keeping the balance, so to say. And and I think that's an important part of, that's an important conversation that has to be going on, not just in the climate space. And I, and I hope it is anyway, but in spaces where inventions, development, technologies, and things are being developed, And so if we consider the benefit of a technology to humanity, we should also consider the benefit of that technology to the ecosystem at the same time and find a way to balance things so that that we can safely innovate and safely progress and safely advance as a race. And so I was just thinking about that before, you know. I got lost in a little bit of reading about (laughs) the the strange history of bogs and that that apparently um, things don't decompose in a bog. And so they found ancient humans buried in bogs in places like Denmark. Whoa. Not actually decomposed all the way. So they found clothing and, and mummified. This is gross. And that's kind of cool. This is gross. <laughs> no, it, wow, I just found. I looked. Profound. I was looking it up, and it said bog bodies. <laughs> but you know, they're they're interesting places because of they're so different than other places on Earth. You know, it's just its whole thing, its whole own thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's the whole point of of a bug because things don't decompose. That's why they keep it for so long. Yeah. 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 It's fascinating. Uh, I encourage people who are listening to, you know, get intrigued and look up more about bogs and peat and uh, (laughs) swamps too. And Ramsar as well. That's right. And Ramsar. Yeah. Which now we know is a name. Let us know if you have a bog near you and let us know if you visited it and what kinds of creatures are in it because they'll be different depending on where you are in the world, right? What animals and creatures, we have a lot of owls and coyotes and birds. Um, Olabanji, what do you, what would you have in your swamps, do you think? What kind of creatures? Yeah, crocodiles for sure. I think I've seen those. I haven't seen any other one, but I know about crocodiles because I've seen them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, I've seen birds in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Birds and buffaloes. Yes, birds in yours. Yeah, buffaloes. Yeah. Cool. 
and horses as well. So diverse. Horses. Yeah, yeah in Kamag. Mm. That's great. So, so what kind of uh, bog animals do you have near you? And let us know, because it would be so fun to find out. Thanks, Leaky. Thank you, Leaky. Thanks, Jen. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.